Good evening and welcome to Scooter Radio with me, Jack McRobert, and my good old friend, Kieran Barge. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, a bit, a little confused. I'm confused about this review. Right, we watched, this is the final review in the prequels. we done episode, well, this is episode three. We watched it last night. Tell me your thoughts. Um, very strange. Um, confused, I f- why? Because I felt, this time I felt negative while watching it and I didn't enjoy it yeah. as much as I'd done previously. And I don't know where that is. I, I think it could be the fact that maybe we've watched them in such quick succession, one after the other. I, I don't know. I don't know what's what's happened. But like when I initially saw it in the cinema when it came out in 2005, I loved it. Yeah. I uh, thought it was amazing. And I ranked it pretty highly um, up until recently. I ranked it uh, just behind the original trilogy. Yeah. And I even at one time thought it, thought it was good as them. So you ranked it fourth. Just out of interest, where is it now? Now it's uh, it's fifth behind the rise of Skywalker. Right, <laughs> that is that is sad to hear. But I wouldn't agree with that. But I understand it more after watching it last night because I'm also disappointed. I think it's like a huge it's a huge shame because prior to watching it last night, I have to say I thought it was it was right up there. It was in my top. At one point, it was in my top three. I believe I think I ranked it above. A New Hope, which I feel like an idiot for now, mm-hmm. sitting behind Empire and Return of the Jedi. But we said, we agreed beforehand numerous times, we're going to watch all of this. We're going to soak it all up. We're going to love this. And I don't, you know what? I don't think we built it up too much at all. We just simply said, we're going to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't hyped for it as such. I just thought, I know what I'm going to get here. I like this movie. We've watched it so many times. I'm happy to watch all of it. And it was just... It was disappointment after this one. We, we didn't go into it with a negative, really, did we? We kind no. of, and then we just started watching it, and we thought, I can't sit through this. I'm gonna have to skip this, like we did with the Phantom Menace, like we did with Attack of the Clones. And this is what has now shocked me. I actually think that looking back at it now, it's no different to the other two. Yeah. It's exactly on the same level mm. as Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace. The problems are still the same yeah and yeah it's it's not much it's not much different from them the problems are still persisting all the way through yeah um there are i will say with this one what makes it the best of them is that it is entertaining there's a a lot of entertaining scenes yeah specifically with palpatine Mm. like he's the best thing about this i mean we were skipping through everything but when he came on screen you were just glued to it yeah yeah, yeah. um and yeah great scenes there's again there's it's no different. Again, it's no different from the other two in the fact that there's great potential in here. Mm. There's like there's an amazing story. Gems, but yeah, yeah, there's an amazing story in there. But again, it's not executed well, and it, it actually suffers from Rise of Skywalker syndrome in that it's rushed, and it didn't need to be. But I don't blame that on this. I blame that on the time wasted in the previous two films. Um, remember, in the last review, you said to me, "Would I change anything about Attack of the Clones?" And I said I couldn't. Which seems like the most stupid question ever now, doesn't it? it seems... No, I wouldn't. I think it's the perfect movie. No, yeah. I mean, we wanted... To, we, you would change the script, right? Yeah. But the way they had designed the prequel trilogy overall, you couldn't really take anything out. Mm. My, my feeling is now, after watching this, you'd have to just completely rewrite all three and start from 
a different place entirely. Yeah. Why don't like because obviously we we were a generation we were probably the last generation where we um where we just saw the where the originals were the only thing that existed. Yeah. The prequels hadn't come out yet. You know, we were born in ninety one. Phantom Menace came out in ninety nine, and we actually had expectations and and images of what we thought was going to happen in the prequels when they were announced. Yeah. Which other you know, subsequent generations haven't had the privilege of. Mm. And I imagine something very different. And I still think that would have been better than what we got, which is, I feel like we should have started in the middle of the Clone Wars. Or maybe just at the start of it. So we can see Anakin and Obi-Wan grow throughout these wars, see their friendship yeah. properly, yeah. and see Anakin slowly fall to the dark side over the previous two. Yeah. I um, love the character study of, of Anakin, his, his sort of rise and fall. So I would have been happy, more than happy to see more. Because... I wanted to see more of his dark deeds in Attack of the Clones. I wanted to see him slaughter more. I wanted to see more of him. I mean, but... that we could have seen in Episode 3, but I think Episode 1 and 2 should have been reserved for showing him as a Jedi in his prime, being yeah. the good guy and the good friend that Obi-Wan described him as in A New Hope. Yeah, that's very true. Because yeah. we only see that in like the first probably 20 minutes of this film, and then after that he's all com- conflicted and then falls to the dark side really suddenly. Yeah, it is sudden, isn't it? Um, my friend Luke Betridge, I'll give him a shout-out. Hey, Luke. Um, he said that uh, what he thought would be great is if that we saw... Do you remember Owen Lars from A New Hope? Yeah. If we saw him as a pilot in the Clone Wars working with Obi-Wan and Anakin, and he sees the pressure that's on Anakin as the chosen one and sees mm. the Jedi kind of putting too much pressure on him. Yeah. Uh, pretty much what we see in this, but stretched out. He gets to know the father, the, the biological father of his eventual adopted, adopted son. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and he, he can get to have a relationship with Obi-Wan that way. Yeah. And he can basically see the fallout of what happens and he can see it happening. And it will make sense when in a new hope, he warns yeah. Luke to stay away from Obi-Wan. I could honestly see that happening. I think if George could change something and he could hear that idea, I think he would go ahead with that. I think That'd that, be I great. Think, I think it's a really good idea. It'd really bring it all in together because the way the end of Revenge of the Sith happens is that Obi-Wan just arrives like on Tatooine and hands Luke over to these people he's never met before. Yeah. He knows, obviously, okay, they're his kind of family, but like, what was the dialogue there? Did Obi-Wan just say, remember that, that dude who came with his dead mum uh, yeah. a couple of years ago? Uh, this is he's turned evil and this is his son. Yeah, here you by go. The way, he's bad now. And, yeah, yeah like, he had a child. Here he is. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense why Owen would be so against Luke training with Obi Wan. But mm. if he was there around the time of the prequels as a, as a pilot in the Clone Wars, working with them and built a relationship with both of them and saw yeah. what we saw, which is the Jedi failing Anakin. Yeah, then it would all make sense. Yeah. So I feel we there was a lot more potential in there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, we should probably go through what we thought. Should we go through the positives of what they did? Like what the good stuff was? Yes. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, so straight off the top of my head, Palpatine. Yeah. Obviously he's great in everything. He was great in the previous two and his acting in this. <laughs> okay. It's going to sound ridiculous because he is quite cartoony in camp in the majority of this, but I think he delivers some of the best acting yeah. in all of Star Wars within this film. The Darth Plagueis scene comes to mind straight away. Incredible, yeah, absolutely incredible. And I mean, we're going to discuss meme culture and how it has sort of 
and like helped us help the damage with this film, I guess. But um, Palpatine is a bit of a, a joke after basically when Anakin just like joins him and Mace Windu dies. But prior to that, I think he's really good. I think the first scene that we see him in is the fight with Count Dooku, <laughs> and I think I think he's great in that. He's as good as you can expect. But then, yeah, the next time we see him is when he starts to sort of slowly groom Anakin. And actually, we said in the very beginning, in the first scene um, that we see him in with Dooku, he was already trying to plant those seeds. Um, and I can't remember what he was saying. What so he, he was trying to plant negative thoughts already. So after Count, after he had just kind of goaded Anakin into beheading Count Dooku, yeah. he then straight away um, says, remember what you told me about your mother and the Sand People? Yeah. Already putting that, that seed in his head, which would then grow. And I didn't realise that before. I forgot that. And now, yeah, yeah I appreciate uh, that scene a lot more from that. Yeah, 100%. That was great. Um, and what I like about that opening, I mean, we were kind of kind of rolling our eyes at a lot of it because it yeah. was very cartoony with the sassy robots the sassy droids and yeah. r2 doing his yeah. his comedy routine but like yeah. um i like that we get to see obi-wan and anakin in kind of like a brotherly relationship now rather than a, a master apprentice relationship yeah they're more equal now and they're just joking around with each other that's what i wanted to see more of stretched out over the whole thing mm. so that was great um the grievous stuff i'm not too fond of that's just purely there to lure Obi-Wan over to another pointless side yeah. quest. Yeah. Um, which is something I was shocked about. You said, because you've always said you've really loved Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan yeah. and his role within the prequels, but in this this one, you said you were quite disappointed watching it this time. I always remember him like visually looking as close and also acting like an Alec Guinness, you know, he looks he looks like, you know, the, the elderly Obi-Wan he soon becomes in A New Hope. And you can really see that sort of, uh, those similarities. Um, and yeah, obviously he looks, he looks better, like aesthetically, he looks better than the other two. I think he, look, he looks, bless you, and he looks so young in the first one. Second one, he's got some weird mullet going on. Mm. So I think style-wise, he looks, he looks perfect, the perfect Obi-Wan in this but again, he was—he seemed like a bit of a, a joke. I mean, the only thing I could remember of, you know, moderately being like a bit of a joke in terms of his lines was there when he's saying killing about killing younglings. That's obviously something we look back at and sort of, you know, can't help but laugh at. But even in the beginning, like it, it's his lines seemed like almost one joke after another, and I remember it being a lot better and a lot more serious. And I guess that's the, we're all about nostalgia in our channel, mm. but I guess there are dangers with nostalgia in a way, because you remember things to be so much better mm. and that proved wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed revisiting that side of things. I mean, I, I have to disagree with you about him. I think his performance is great and he still evokes Alec Guinness. Yeah. Um, and he still looks great. I think the problem is the scenarios they create for him. He always has to go off mm. on these side quests on his own. And um, it, why? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's purely there just to keep him away from Anakin so that Palpatine can yeah. kind of groom him. Yeah. Uh, but you can think of something else for him to do. I mean, I think Ewan was a bit wasted now looking back at this. I mean, he's great in the latter half when he has to confront Darth Vader. But yeah, before that, there's not much really again for him yeah. to do very much like Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace where again he wasn't he wasn't on Tatooine he was just sitting in that ship for half the film. 
I think like Qui Gon in Attack of the Club, not Attack of the Club, in Phantom Menace, he was he was brilliant with what he was given, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't really happy with like the lines he was given really, and I felt like he he could have been better. But I think no, I think he he performed it to the best of his best of his abilities. But um, mm-hmm. I think the main the main things about this film I like are. Yoda, surprisingly, because I never thought of that before. Not like the fight scenes with Sidious, but the the first scene. I think the first, I think the first positive we could think of initially was um, Palpatine planting that first sort of seed of negativity in Anakin said about you know killing your mother, the Sand People, and stuff like that. You know that was very clever and something that I didn't see initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second thing that I really really liked was the Yoda scene with Yoda and Anakin, and they're discussing. His premonitions. It's a counselling session, isn't it? Really, really liked that. Yeah, where he is explaining like uh, the Jedi way is not to fear yeah. loss. Um, don't mourn or miss the dead. Rejoice because they've transformed into the Force. Yeah. Now you get that, but in a way that also show, shows the flaws of the Jedi. They're not telling him to kind of. I think you should mourn and you should miss. Mm. Just allow it to fill you up, and then. Yeah, only give it... Put it aside. Just give it so much time. Yeah. And then carry on. Carry on with your life. Carry yeah, on with your don't, life. Don't, don't dwell. Consume, yeah. Don't dwell on it. And I think that's a that's a problem. I think that's why they failed Anakin is because Yoda kind of has this... He offers constructive advice, but he has this kind of get over it attitude. Mm. Um, he basically says to Anakin, just train yourself to let go. He is kind of dismissive, isn't he? And he, mm. is, he kind of is in Empire with Luke, where he's like, don't think or something, just do. Yeah, kind only of a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly not. Um, so, um, but that that was amazing, and him him basically saying, "I love I love like the life lessons as we've discussed before. That's what I love about Star Wars, like the spirituality of it, the the sort of the counselling and stuff like that." Because um, I guess I can relate to that sort of stuff. That's what yeah, I like. I mean, it. we all can. I think. I think in Star Wars, people often accuse it of being something that's too far removed from life and not relatable. Mm. But actually, it's the most relatable thing you can think of. It's yeah. about fighting the light and dark within us and what we choose to act on. That's why we love it so much, because people on the outside just dismiss it. Oh, it's just spaceships. There's fights in, 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 in space and shit. And it's, it's really not that. It's not. I mean, George Lucas has said that it's not about spaceships. It's it's a soap opera. It's about yeah. family and, and generations within a family. It's about the sins of the father, the son, and the grandchildren. Yeah. That's what it was always meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Yoda concludes that meeting, doesn't he? Basically saying like, you know, train Anakin's. I feel, you know, again, I feel sorry for Anakin throughout it because he is, he's, he seems so far removed from everyone else. You want, you want someone to put an arm around him almost. He's like crying out for that, and he never gets that. And of course, no matter how much you want that, you know that that's never going to happen because everything that happens contributes to him turning to the dark side. But that meeting almost concludes with a great lesson, which again I really love, which is um, train your train your mind to. This is such a great lesson that I can't remember it, but you know what I mean. It's like train your mind to deal with things. Attachment. Yeah. No. What did he actually say? He said he just says train yourself to let go. Yeah. Train. Yeah. Train yourself to let go, basically, of, of everything, every, every, everything that's out of your control. Of everything you fear to lose. Yeah. Yes. That was it. That's what mm. I was. That's what you had to say, Barnes. Sorry. That's what I was looking for. That's um, what I was looking for. But for everything you fear to lose, because that's so true. Because things that you can't—it's easier said than done, obviously. But things that you can't control, 
that you allow them to consume you easily, things that you can't control, train your mind. See, there's so much yeah. depth in here. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's again, like we've, we've, we've accused yeah. the other two, it's surrounded by a lot of crap. Um, so what's the next scene? What's the next Well, actually, what I wanted to say was Anakin's journey, right, in this. Yeah. Actually, what, what I've just realised now has just dawned on me that if you stretched Revenge of the Sith over the entire trilogy, then I would have been happy. Mm-hmm. That's what it needed. It needed a really slow descent, so we needed to see... Because in this one, we see it all. We see the Jedi failing him constantly, just pushing him towards the dark side almost. Yeah. And knowingly, they're pushing him that way towards yeah. Palpatine. Yeah. And he's... To Palpatine, he's defending the Jedi. He's saying, no, the Jedi are good. They only care about others. Mm. Despite his trust being shaken in them, he's still firmly on their side. Um, and unfortunately, they just keep arrogantly pushing him away. Um, and I think if we had seen that develop slowly over three films, it would have been a whole lot better. Because mm. um, the turn in this is very sudden. It is very sudden. For, from someone who was devoutly Jedi and kind of defending them to the hilt. For them, for him to turn within like a scene or two to then killing children and killing them all, Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, yeah, it is too sudden because he's like, you know, I want to I wanna save Padme, but then straight away it's like Mace Windu, there's no sort of time for this dust to settle. Mace Windu out the window, dead. And then it's like, I will do whatever you ask. And then Sidious is like, from this moment on, everyone that you sort of know and love who was initially your friend is now an enemy, including Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Anakin's just like, I'm okay with that, because yeah. the bigger picture is Padme. Yeah, absolutely. And, but we don't buy it because it's so quick. Yeah. Do that over three. Yeah. 100%. I think they should have... Do you know what? I think the only... Again, like, my, my favourite part of Star Wars is the story of Anakin Skywalker, you know, so I want to see this stretched out more. So I think his love for Padme is very important and very part, like a very vital part of the eventual pain that he ends up suffering from. So that and the scene where his mum dies in Attack of the Clones, take them two scenes, merge them with, you know, chop half of episode three, stick that in Attack of the Clones with them two scenes. You can get rid of so much shit in Attack of the Clones. You know, Jan- and the Phantom Menace. Django Fett, yeah, he's cool. Or if you, if you, if we must have him, okay. But you, there's so much shit you can get rid of mm-hmm. to make the perfect trilogy. Yeah, it, it was just really rushed. It, it doesn't make sense because there's also a conflict of information as well because there is a point where Anakin is seems like he's believing what he's saying, like he genuinely believes he's doing right and that the Empire is good and the Jedi are evil. Yeah. But then before that, we've got a scene of him crying on the balcony, looking out you know, at Mustafar. He's crying, knowing that what he's doing is wrong. So there's a conflict of information. Does he genuinely believe what he's doing is good? Is he genuinely warped and is he genuinely lost as Obi-Wan says he is? Mm. Or does he know what he's doing is bad? Is he aware of it? So it's not really clear. And I think that's a major f- fault in it. Um, yeah. One scene, actually, I do love... Uh, I've probably, alongside the Darth Plagueis scene, I think this is the best scene in the movie, the section um, just before um, Anakin goes to save Palpatine from Windu. Do you remember when he's sitting in the Jedi Temple? Oh, yeah. Contemplating his future. Padme's there, isn't she? She's, well, she's across the city, but they're looking at each other. 
Ah, okay. Out of the windows. They can't possibly see each other. No. Because they're miles apart, but they're both connecting. She almost sensed, she's not force sensitive as far as we know, but she's almost sensing something, isn't she? She's almost sensing the pain. His pain. Brewing. He's there crying, and you have this beautiful John Williams score in the background, this ambient score. Yeah, that was incredible. No dialogue. And you know what? It proved that George Lucas can make for a damn good director sometimes because there was no dialogue it was just the music it was just the actors Mm. performing and you had that beautiful orange look to it with the sunset going down it's just dripping with atmosphere and that is one of the best scenes in star wars i've ever seen and it also proves my next point which i want to go into is that hayden christensen can act and he was a good anakin skywalker yes well that's controversial really isn't it it is but did you like did you see his before like his performance in this film is great. There's still problems, but that's not his fault against the dialogue. I'd say in the first half, you know, he's very, he's very wooden, and he's very sort of emotionless. And I, I tried to see the positive. I tried to see the light, if you like, and thought he's meant to be doing that. But he's almost too, he's almost too sort of like much of an empty shell, just quite, not quite there. Do you know what? It's, it's actually almost a genius because what he's doing. If you look at his performance in this film, the way he speaks he speaks a speech pattern the way he's talking he's trying to pattern himself after james l jones he's setting himself up for it isn't it he's setting him you see darth at him in the suit you can sort of like not because you know you've seen hayden christensen through this movie at all because if that scene was the first one it wouldn't be in like another film or a new hope or or something like that you'd still see hayden in that suit wouldn't you you'd still you could still imagine him saying that when I watch, so I think that's ingenious. I agree with you there. When I watch A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, I can imagine Hayden in there saying those lines mm. because he spoke that way. Yeah. And the way he carried himself, his demeanor, and everything, mm. he was evoking Darth Vader in the first half of this film before yeah. he even turned to Darth Vader. You could see it, mm. and I think that he, I think his performance is great in this. I really do. I, I before I used to like when I was younger, I used to say it was horrible and stuff because I didn't fully understand it, but now I get it, and I see what he's trying to do. I think it's it's pretty genius. Yeah, when we were younger, this I mean, this is why we've done this trilogy. We've tried to sort of, like, sort of find something and see the good in things that uh, other people couldn't. That was kind of the whole the whole point in re-watching these, wasn't it? You know, we wanted to see the good in, in one and two where no other people couldn't. When we were younger, it was so much easier to go, you know, oh, Hayden Christensen, he's like a he's like a, a whinging child of, of an Anakin Skywalker, you know, that, but now it's like, no, if you revisit it, if you, I, it still stands true for attack of the clones. Um, yes, but in this, no, I think he genuinely, genuinely made an effort in this. And, and not that he wasn't in attack of the clones, but I think maybe either, he, I don't know what was wrong. Either he was too young or the direction or the, the, the script of that, was was too far you know was too far gone for him to kind of rise beyond it and still give a good performance hmm. but in revenge of the sith yeah i think he nailed it and um what you were saying about the prequels um looking at them now tr- trying to unveil the good in them hmm. there is a generation now funny you should say it because there is a generation now that actually sees the prequels as good and I, it, I don't think it's just because of the fact that the sequels kind of flopped, and the Last Jedi was kind of remind, kind of, kind of made the prequels seem a lot better than they were. Hmm. But George Lucas did actually say um, when the prequels came out, he said that the generation now they're actually saying they're good. He actually predicted that. 
So our generation, we weren't going to love it, even though we were growing up with it. But the generation afterwards would. So he predicted that, and now they actually do. But what confuses me now is this generation who who actually now call Revenge of the Sith the best Star Wars movie ever made, they're also making memes about it and taking the piss. I'm kind of confused because why would you if you if you think something's that good and that of that high quality, why would you why would you make a joke of it? Because yeah. now I said to you when we were watching this, like I can just I'm just thinking of memes yeah. when I'm watching this. Yeah. And it's specifically this film, not so much Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, it's this one. Yeah. We and actually skipped past, I've just realised, the um the famous Obi Wan Hello there. Didn't we? We didn't see that. Which I'm no, because it was slightly disappointed, but we would have just laughed and it's can't take it. There's so many bits that you can't take seriously, like Palpatine when he's like, Don't kill me Yeah Not too weak <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, I mean? it's, it's almost meme culture has kind of deconstructed and ruined this film yeah um it, i can't enjoy it as much anymore there's that scene where darth vader walks into the jedi temple and he's about to slaughter younglings yeah. well, i remember watching that yeah. for the first time when i was younger and i i i was i was mortified yeah like i can't believe they went there yeah. but now looking at it it's hilarious because of <laughs> because of because of this meme culture like i yeah. can't take it seriously anymore yeah yeah uh, that kid's acting doesn't help either oh. master skywalker um, yeah. yeah, but and like when Palpatine walks in, no, when Mace Windu walks into the room with the other Jedi to arrest, as well, arrest, arrest Palpatine, Palpatine. Yeah. and there's that was it shooting star, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like things like that, yeah, yeah. So I, I think meme culture has kind of brought this down quite a few pegs, yes. Um, but yeah, I'm just like to those guys saying that this is the best Star Wars film. No, I don't mean to put anyone down, but you guys are having a laugh. Yeah, we want to bring you down a few a few levels and just say, have you seen the prequels? Because, you know, I, you know what? Maybe we'll come to this a bit later. But my my favorite out of the prequels now is the Phantom Menace. I've concluded. I still wouldn't go there. It's close behind Revenge of the Sith for me. Because I just think, I think the prequels we've tried to sort of. We've tried to revisit and salvage some good from it, and almost rediscover some some good but i kind of think i think in all films there are some amazing parts there are some amazing parts in in one in two and three but i think i can't sort of i can't say overall as a film as such because the whole film obviously isn't isn't as how i would have it if i could if i could remake it but the scenes with shmi and jake lloyd for me are and and even scenes of liam neeson with Shmi as well, they they are so powerful to me, and overpower anything in any of the other films I've realised now. Mm. And I think I'm mm. just I'm just like the disappointment after watching Revenge of the Sith doesn't help as well. You know what, man? I mean, it could come down to the fact that George Lucas was right about this generation. I mean, like, because we we knew what it was like before mm. before the prequels came out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So these guys now who who were born after after the fact, they probably see it from a whole new perspective. Um, but I'm honestly like I'm like even now, even if I if I was born in this generation, can't possibly predict this, but I I, I don't know if I would still think that I'd look at this and be like, compare it to Empire. You'd like to believe you'd still appreciate 
yeah, five the, and six more, wouldn't you? Yeah, because this is this is a cartoon. Honestly, I mean, this there's a lot of darkness in this film, but it's camp. It's camp darkness. It's all mm-hmm. over the top. That's why I was so disappointed and my views changed because I used to be able to watch all of it and now it's like, when can you start watching? I can't... The first half of it is like... Other it's than, a joke. Other than the first Ian scene um, after Dooku's been beheaded, I think, and Yoda, <laughs> the Yoda scene of Anakin, it's like, other than that, you know, we skipped... We were skipping it constantly, weren't we? I mean, we're, we're kind of contradicting ourselves here because we're lambasting this thing for being too cartoony and too camp. But we're saying that Ian is the best thing about it. I'd want to address that by saying that the reason Ian is good in this mm. is because he's completely in the style of this. He knows how ridiculous this film is, and he's just going with it. He's playing up to it. It's the ones who are trying to act serious. They're the ones out of style in the film. Yeah. You see what I mean? So that's why their scenes don't work as well. Whereas Ian is completely in 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 this in this kind of camp world that has been created here. Yeah. And that's why his scenes are fun and enjoyable to watch. But it's again, over the top, but it's. But again, you've said you've talked about Hayden. You've said you know it's his best performance, but he's as serious in this as it gets. So is he not a laughing stock? Um, it depends. I mean, when he's in there with Ian, hmm. for example, with scenes like the Darth Plagueis scene. Yeah, that is. That's great. I mean, Hayden is impressive because. We thought bad of him all this time, mm. but now we've discovered there is there are layers to his performance. Yeah, I think that's why I put him as a positive, even even though he's acting seriously, yeah, or trying to, because in some <laughs> scenes he's still got some kind of laughable dialogue. But the scene, the Darth Plagueis scene, is just incredible. I could, I wanted to watch that scene again. I wanted to rewind it and watch it again. It's 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 a brilliant scene because. For the first time, the prequels actually are adding something to the overall Star Wars mythology. Mm. There was a lot of philosophy and mythology in 4, 5, and 6, but mostly it stuck to its own story. Yeah. It never kind of ventured outside, whereas this time we're actually hearing a tale about something that happened before. And it, and it just makes your universe seem so much bigger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Palpatine's talking about an old legend, a Sith tale. It kind of makes the world feel more complete and more real. Mm. And there's a wider mythology to it. Yeah. Um, so for that, I give credit. The prequels did do that. They kind of expanded the universe a bit more because four, five, and six literally just stuck to the main, the principal three: Luke Skywalker, Han yes. Solo, and, and Prince Slayer and their journey. Yeah. But in a way, that's why they succeeded because those were kind of character films. Mm-hmm. And this is what I come to. I wish the prequels were more like the original trilogy, not copying them but rhyming with them a bit more and more in that style of kind of following th- three characters, so Anakin, Obi-Wan, and uh, Owen Lars, and just showing them grow and change throughout this Clone War that we heard so much about. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice if Anakin's um, Anakin's arc in this in this prequel trilogy mirrored Luke's in, yeah. uh, in the original trilogy. So in the first one, Anakin can kind of be like all brash and kind of, um, you know kind of wayward yeah in the second one he can really be properly tested in a real way mm. and in the third one he's obviously fully formed as the person who he was meant to be darth vader yeah um so it's kind of almost like a reversal of what happened to luke do you see what i mean yeah so it's like a parallel but anakin chose the dark luke chose the light yeah and you see that you see mm. that parallel between the two it's a testament to Star Wars, isn't it? Because it is, it is quite simply just about and down to dark and light, which path do you choose? Yeah, and that's it. And I think they could have 
done that more if they'd done it, kind of structured it a bit more like the original trilogy, not copying it, but structuring it more like that. Uh, And just following those, a a set of three characters. Yeah. I think that would have been great. Um, Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but it is, it is, this isn't good. No. If you look at it as a whole, it's very entertaining. There are some great scenes in there. There's great potential, mm. uh, some great acting in places. But overall, I can't look at this and say that I'm happy as a Star Wars fan yeah. with the prequels. I, I'm not. I'm not. I. What I imagined before A New Hope, even though I was very young at that point, my imagination was so much better than, not before A New Hope, before The Phantom Menace, yeah. before that came out. Yeah. What I imagined was so much more powerful. Um, than what they eventually gave us. There was no Jar Jar in your brain, was there? The, no, there was none of that. There was no, no like politics. That. No. No awkward romance. No Coruscant, no. None of that. No General Grievous, no camp, no no CGI. Oh my God, the CGI in oh, this. Oh yeah, it's, it's, again, I think The Phantom Menace has aged the best out, yeah. of, all, out of all three, hasn't it? We were looking at this and we were like, we could be watching like Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Or Force Unleashed. Yeah. Some scenes, or like Halo. But it was like a computer game. It was like a computer game. Yeah. And you so could... so poor, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think that from you, would you? It's like six. This is six years after the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And I'm yes. like to 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 those to those guys who say this is the best Star Wars film. How can you honestly look at this and think that's good enough? It's the best one out of all of them. How can you? How can you say that? And then you've got Empire Strikes Back. Now, when I think of Empire Strikes Back, I think of that as a proper movie. It feels like a real adult film, and it yeah. feels properly dark. Yeah, there is darkness in this, yes, but it's it's, it's, it's over, camp. It's overshadowed, isn't it? Well, it's camp. It's camp. Yeah, but man, like apart from the Darth Plagueis scene, and I mean, yeah, the, see, yeah, so you have you have, you have exceptions. A, you have a couple of gems which we we've, we've uncovered in this trilogy, but. We're pretty much concluding that it's not as great as as good as people think, and sadly, not as good as we initially thought. Yeah. As we've decided as well, but I definitely encourage people to watch all three very close together because then you haven't got time to sort of almost hype one up after the other and and look forward to the third. If you just hit them one after the other, you can really sort of dissect it and see and see what you rest. And yeah, comment below as well. We had on our last video. We had the most comments we've ever had on the video, so we want to say thank you very much for not, that. <laughs> not all positive, but that's fine. But um, comment on this. Tell us what your fa- what your favourite Star Wars film is and why. As and, well. and if it, if it is Revenge of the Sith, then then why? And it would be interesting to see if like any of the fans who who, who were born before the Phantom Menace, mm. if they genuinely think this is the best one. Because um, that's what I'm thinking. I think that's where the difference is. I think it's a matter of when you were yeah. born as to which you perceive as the best. Mm. But I can honestly, now looking back, from what we were promised by George Lucas, because I remember him saying what the prequel was going to cover. It, it was a foregone conclusion that the prequel was going to cover the Clone Wars. It was going to cover the killing of all the Jedi by Darth Vader and his fall to the dark side, all of those things. Yeah. We barely saw any of that. We three, barely saw it. Three film, I think part of me thinks three films almost wasn't enough. But then going back to what you said, if they if they sort of like Revenge of the Sith, if they spread stretch that, out, that, yeah, stretch that. That's out. the movie. Yeah. Because it goes back to what I was saying. Like <clears throat> one and two, now you could remove those. Yeah. You could watch 
Revenge of the Sith and understand everything you needed to know yeah. about Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader before yeah. the original trilogy happened. Yeah. You can understand he was in love. He was a he was a Jedi. He was fighting in the Clone Wars. Yeah. He wasn't appreciated. All of that. <clears throat> That's all in there, but it's rushed. Thing. Yeah. That's the problem, and it's rushed, and it doesn't make sense because of the fact that it's rushed. The cartoons that were in the same style, if anyone remembers, as Samurai Jack, the <coughs> Cartoon Network. The original Clone Wars cartoon, yeah. I really enjoyed the original Clone Wars cartoon. And, I mean, in that, we sort of see more of Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship. And, I mean, I think... And even in the new Clone Wars, the, yeah. the computer animated one, that's actually what we should have got in the movies. That's so it. They should have stuck the majority of Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace in the form of a cartoon. And then, you know, well, they may as well have, because yeah. we've been calling this a cartoon, and actually it's an insult to say that, because the cartoons are even better than the prequels. Yeah. Sorry to say. And I think that's why another the prequels has got a, a new level of respect, is because of the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. I think that's kind of up to everything about I liked them. that. I like there was one, it explains how <laughs> Grievous, I mean, even though now I don't care about <clears throat> Grievous as much as I once did, I think he's just, I think he's just cool. In a way. I mean, I don't even want to give him that credit, but like Darth, I don't want to put him on the same... Shelfer's Darth Maul, but they're just just considered is. just considered like a symbol of awesomeness. That's it, yeah. Um, and he's not even that really. He's just you know. But it explained how he has his cough at the beginning of Episode Three yeah. from the cartoon, which is cool. But I mean, we, I think we're gonna, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to watch the next three, four, five, and six because that for me is the best trilogy of all time 100% it is the best trilogy it's a perfect it's a perfect trilogy and this one unfortunately wasn't no it wasn't and uh, I I hope that we've highlighted here why I think um, with obviously with with Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace we were trying to do something different and 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 explore the positives of those Um, in this one I think we've very much kind of shown kind of exposed the flaws Mm. of it and why ultimately then the whole thing fails yeah. um i think we've set out to do i think we've done what we set out to do in bringing this back down to earth yeah i mean we didn't the fans of it we didn't have an impetus to come in here and destroy this thing we did kind of after 10 minutes of watching it yeah but, I but don't, not I mean, initially we always wanted to be positive but people always have this you know really sort of in a way, kind of like aggressively dismissive, like thoughts of an outlook on one and two. Immediately, they're like, "These two are a joke. These two are shit." And it's like, "Well, do you know what? They're not that much different from three. You know, no. we, we wanted what we set out to do was put them all on the same level, didn't we? We wanted to bring three down to put it on the same level as one and two. And I feel we've done that. I think we've done a really good job because there are amazing, crucial scenes in all three of them." It's just, yeah, there's that, that's correct. That's the best way to put it. There's tremendous potential in the in the three. Mm. The stories are fantastic, mm-hmm. but there's just too much crap surrounding it, um, and that goes for this one as just as much as the other two. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, Shall we cut a long story short? I think that's all. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks to everyone who views this one. Um, go back and view our. Um, new Robert Pattinson video on what we think of the new screen test. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, what we 
I, I didn't realize this at the time, but we had an unpopular opinion about it, and I feel that this is probably going to be the same with this. Yeah. Um, so go back and view that. Please like and subscribe. We've got a good, we've got good reactions to our last video, so we're very happy with that. So subscribe. You know, don't just like or dislike or comment. You know, please subscribe. Please subscribe. We want, we want to get to forty one day. I beg of you. You don't need to beg. No, I don't. I don't. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so that that's it for the prequel trilogy. Um, that's done. Next one we're doing is four. We're going straight onto four, five, and six. We're going straight onto four, five, and six. The the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. Catch you guys at that. Take care. Bye bye.